Welcome to the Journey Church Podcast, where as a church, we believe that Jesus should be accessible to anyone. So if you're at home, work, or somewhere in between, you can have access to the weekend worship experience. We'd love for you to stay connected with us by visiting us at journeyorl.com or any social media platform using at journeyorl. Thanks for being with us, and we really hope you enjoy this message. to get into the word. Who else is? Woo! And I don't just mean that. I don't just mean that like regular preacher talk. I really feel like I've got a word from God uh, for you today. And you know, we said that we wouldn't do series for a while. And one of the reasons why we said that is because we want to be connected to the times. We want to speak a message that is relevant. Um, and I can't think of a more relevant message than the message I want to preach to you um, today. If you have not heard yet, the president has extended his recommended uh, time of physical distancing. Uh, originally, it suggested 15 days. And at the end of those 15 days, he has added 30 more days, uh, which is uh, it's pretty crazy. And so chances are, if you're listening to this right now, uh, you are under some form of quarantine. Uh, 265 million people today, that is 80% of America is in some form of lockdown right now. 80%. So chances are you are listening to this right now. You are in lockdown. If not, you live, I don't know, West Virginia, something like that, but uh, you're that 20%, but chances are you are. And so uh, that's why I want to bring to you a message that I've titled today, Still stuck. Still stuck. If you're at home, say it with me, still stuck. If you're in the chat box, I want you to type still stuck, but I want you to type it with your chest, all caps. You know what I'm talking about? Just like you're upset, like you're mad about something. Still stuck. It's been 14 days, still stuck. 30 days later, I'm going to still be stuck. We thought we'd be coming out by now, but we're still staying in. I wonder if there's anybody who can relate to a season in life that they thought they'd be out of, but they're still in. And I'm not just talking about COVID-19 any longer. Maybe you're still not married. Maybe you're still separated. Maybe you're still not pregnant. Maybe you still don't have your degree. Maybe you still don't know what you're going to do with your life. Maybe your children are still far from God. Maybe you're still locked up at home. I want to speak to anyone who can identify with the feeling of being stuck. Stuck, stuck, stuck. I'm not an extreme adventurer kind of guy. And you know, I'm not like a scaredy cat either. Like I do, I do roller coasters. You know, like I'm not like a, a, a punk, but... But I did do one extreme thing. It was probably the most extreme thing that I've, I've done. I went ziplining in Costa Rica. And, uh, you know, that, that might not sound extreme to you because you weren't there. And so uh, Liz and I, we, uh, we spent about almost two months as missionaries in Costa Rica. Uh, it was a lot of fun. It was a year after we had gotten married. And uh, we decided to go ziplining, or I did. She chickened out at the end. And uh, she was wise to do so um, because we were ziplining, not from tree to tree, like if you're here in Orlando, there's this park we have called Gatorland. Um, it's kind of like Tiger King, but without the sin and the craziness. <laughs> and, um, and Gatorland, they're nice to their animals at Gatorland. But, uh, but they have a zip line from tree to tree. It's not tree to tree. It's not tree to tree in Costa Rica. In Costa Rica, you're literally zip lining from mountaintop to mountaintop. And, uh, and it was terrifying. And they would try and give you this talk beforehand to prepare you for the zip line. And so, uh, and the zip line, I guess, was, it was supposed to like, supposed to calm you down. And uh, the talk did not do that for me. So I'll tell you right now, uh, here's where the beginning instructions. He was like, all right, when you're gonna zip, you just, you just gotta hold on and, and you just gotta, you just gotta zip. And then he said, 
And if you get stuck, which I was like, time out, time out. What are you talking about right now? He's like, well, sometimes the wind hits your body and the, and the pulley system, it gets stuck. And you don't make it all the way across. And you just get stuck in between two mountains. And so he was like, so I just want you to know, if you get stuck, he said, stay still. Someone will come out to get you. He said, just don't panic. And I was like, well, I don't know if that's going to be possible for me. I think I might panic. I think the reason that I will panic is because, you know, that's what hard, what's hard with really being stuck. When you're really stuck, like really the definition of stuck, what that means is you can't get yourself out. And if you can't get yourself out, that means you have to rely on someone else to save you. And if you have to rely on someone else to save you, that means you're not control. And panicking is exactly what happens when you feel like you're not in control. If anybody's ever had a panic attack before, they would tell you, I feel like it's, I'm out of control. I can't control my body because there's nothing I can do to change my situation. So all the energy builds up inside of you trying to find a way to come free, but there's nothing you can do. But I want to encourage you today, if you are in a situation where you feel like there's nothing you can do, there is always one thing you can do when there's nothing you can do. Be still. The man said, be still. Be still. And the Israelites can attest to this. The Egyptians were on their tail. They were on their way out of Egypt. They were headed to the promised land, but they got to the Red Sea and they could not go forward any longer. So then they tried to go backwards, but guess what was behind them? The Egyptians. So you got to catch the scenario. They've got the Red Sea in front of them and they can't go forward. And they got the Egyptians behind them. They can't go backwards. They are literally stuck. Say it with me, stuck. stuck. And here's what the Bible says, Exodus 14, verse 13. And Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see no longer. The Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. It seems almost, almost superfluous. It means unnecessary. <laughs> superfluous. I wrote it down. Superfluous. <laughs> unnecessary. It seems almost unnecessary. That's a word I know, but I couldn't say it right there. Uh, for God to tell the people to be still. Because they're already stuck. So, so I'm just confused. Because God's like, don't move. And they're like, really? Is this like a joke? I can't move. But if he says don't be still when they're stuck, I think he's trying to tell us that there's a difference between being stuck and being still. I think he's trying to teach us that there's a difference. He said, don't be afraid, be still. They were stuck, but they weren't still. I think the difference has something to do, if they were stuck and afraid, they probably couldn't have moved their feet, but they were probably cowering in fear. And so God said, stand still. But even the people who stood still were still stuck. So here's what I think the difference is. I'm, 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 I'm stuck, I'm standing still. I'm stuck, but I'm stuck, and I'm standing still. I think the difference is that stuck is a picture of your position, yeah. but still is a picture of your posture. Because yeah. I, 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 I can't control my position, yeah. but I can control my posture. Let me say it to you another way. I can't control where my feet go, but I can control where my imagination goes. Mm -hmm. yeah. I can control that. I can control how I stand in the situation. I might not be able to control what's happening around me, but I can control the stillness in my soul. Be still, he tells them, even though they're stuck. Because you know, you know you can be stuck and not still, right? Yeah. You can be stuck and not still. You know you can be single and dating three people. Well. You know you can. 
Somebody just logged off right now. They just logged off right now. You know you can be single and dating three people, emotionally invested in three but committed to none. You can't stay still. That was the problem with the woman at the well. Jesus said, go get your husband. She said, I ain't got a husband. She said, that's right, she ain't got no husband. You have five, and the one you're with now ain't yours. Because you can't get committed to anything. You can't stay still. You know, you can work over 40 hours a week and still be broke because you haven't learned to save your money. You don't know how <laughs> to be still. Good. You don't know how to get your money still. I'm preaching good right now. You know, you can be in quarantine, locked up at home for 15 days and still be exhausted and you didn't go nowhere? Yeah. Because while you were sleeping on your couch, your brain was still running. Yeah, uh-huh. Your mind was running. You were tired. You can be stuck and not still. And what God is saying, I need you to be still. I know you're stuck, but be still. Be calm. He needs, I need you to be still stuck. See what I did there? Uh-huh. You could be stuck or you could be still stuck. You can be stuck on the outside, but still on the inside. This is what I think God wants us to do. This is what I think God wants to do in your life today. He wants you to be still stuck, still stuck. And I think he wants you to do that for a couple reasons. First is in Exodus 14, 13. We just read it. He said, and Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. Stand still and see. If you're taking notes, write this down. Be still and see. God's saying, I want to show you something, but I can't show it to you because you're always moving. So I need to get you stuck so that you can be still, that you can see. So I was in the zip line thing, right? I went through the first two, and I'm ashamed to say, I went through, there was a lot. There was probably eight repellings going back and forth. The first two, I went with my eyes closed. Because you got to jump off the mountain. So I was like, went <laughs> to the end, got to the end. Second one, <laughs> made it to the end. I was not opening my eyes for nothing, nobody. Mm-mm. I just wanted to survive. I didn't even want to enjoy it. I had been so scared, you just stop enjoying things, just surviving things. Just wanted to survive it. On the third repel, I went, <laughs> and I knew it. I knew it because nobody had grabbed me yet. I'm like, I am stuck. And I heard the guy say, be still, be still, be still. Don't panic. I'm like, oh, my God. And uh, I decided to calm down, to rest my, my, my heart rate, to kind of relax. And when I did that, I opened my eyes for the first time, looked down, said, nope. Looked to the side. I looked to the side. This is a true story. And as I looked to the side, there was a volcano that was blowing smoke out. It was one of the most beautiful sceneries that I have ever seen in my entire life. And I would have missed it because I was moving so fast. Some things in life you will not see unless you get still stuck. Some things in life you got to slow down to really see. And if you you didn't get paused right there, you'd have missed it entirely. You know, there are a lot of businesses that aren't doing really well right now. A lot of businesses are doing real terrible right now. Disney's one. Because the parks are closed, the cruise lines are closed, everything's shut down. Airlines are another one because nobody's flying, nobody flying nowhere. Cheesecake Factory ain't paying their rent. Did you hear that? Cheesecake Factory's not paying their rent. They're not doing good. People are not eating cheesecake right now. Um, they're doing terrible. But you know, there's one business that is killing it right now, toy companies. I heard the CEO of Hasbro recently do an interview. I'm into stocks and stuff like that. And he did an interview with some of the CNBC or MSNBC, can't remember what show I was watching. And, uh, and they wanted to find out why they were killing it, why they were doing so good. And they had like three experts. 
and each expert had a different answer. I remember two of them. One said, I know why you're making so much money, is before he had an answer, chance to reply. He said, I know why you're making so much money. You're making money off the of educational games. Because the schools are closed. I was like, that makes sense. The guy was like, nope, not the number one seller. And the other guy, I'm funny, he's funny. He said, I know why you're making money. And he said, why? He said, because people are streaming more and you're selling a bunch of baby Yodas. That's what you're doing, right? You're selling a bunch of baby Yodas, aren't you? He said, we are selling baby Yodas, but that's not why we're making money. They said, well, what are you selling the most of? He goes, honestly, board games, operation, monopoly, the game of life. He says, parents are just wanting to play with their kids. It's almost like they see them for the first time. They had to get stuck and be still so that they could see what was always there, but they could not see. Well, is it just me, or are you seeing more people going for walks outside? <laughs> is it just me? Are you seeing that at home? Yeah. I'm like, you know you always had the outside, right? This isn't like a new invention. <laughs> like, people are going for walks. People are holding hands. I am meeting neighbors. <laughs> I did not know existed in my neighborhood right now. We're all going for walks. We're all riding our kids outside. They were always there, but I could never see them because I was moving so fast. I'm just saying, what if God allowed us to be stuck so we could learn to be still? What if the government had to shut everything down and force us to stay home so that we can learn to be home more? What if there was a reason to the rhyme? Any yes people in the house, if people please you, you say yes to everything. Maybe you got a problem saying yes to everything so God had to say no for you. Maybe, maybe we were too involved with the extracurricular activities. Mom just watching this, and you, you in the bake sale, and you take them to the lacrosse tryouts, and you take her to aerobics. Maybe God had to shut it all down, allow for it to be shut all down so that you could come back and actually rest and get a breath and actually see what's going on. Maybe we trusted in our resources too much, so God had to shake up the resources. Maybe we were too distracted with our sports, fellas. And so God had to take it all away from, he didn't even leave golf. He didn't leave golf for, I mean, I could watch a golf game. He didn't even leave golf, not bowling, not nothing. He took it all away. Maybe that's why ESPN has become the most boring channel in the world right now. I mean, I'm preaching to myself. Maybe he did that so we could turn it off finally. Come on. ESPN, boy, I tell you what, it's like, you ever been hungry, but, you know you ain't got food in the fridge, but you open the fridge anyway, hoping that there'll be some, I feel like that everywhere I turn on my ESPN. What am I even looking for? There's nothing on right now. Maybe I had to shut it off so that I could learn to reconnect so we could see not God's vengeance, but his goodness. Everybody's talking about God's vengeance. And I'm not, I don't think it's God's vengeance that he wants us to see. I think it's his goodness he wants us to see that we couldn't see because we were too busy. Just see at home. If you're alone right now at home and you're watching this video, would you take a second to just look around and see the, the phone that you're watching it on right now? Even if you're still making payments on it. <laughs> the home that you're in, the roof, just see it for the first time. Because you unlock the door and you walk in, but it hasn't sunk in. The fact that you got shelter is a blessing. Yeah, Can you just see it for a second? Yeah. If you're watching this and you're, and, you're, and you're sitting with a special somebody, maybe a husband or a wife, would you just take a second to see them? Like, I know this is all cool, but don't look at me. For, don't look at me right now. <laughs> just take a look at them and just 
see them for the first, for the first time in a long time. See each other. Jason Jotty. See each other. <laughs> if you got kids, oh, the other day I saw my kids. And, and it, I don't know what it was. This morning, I don't know what it was. It was like, I saw him. Came down for breakfast and there he was. Oh, it must be, he had a, a new flash costume. And then, and then the other one put on the spot. So I, I came down to breakfast and I had breakfast with Spider-Man and the Flash. <laughs> and I'm looking at both of them and I'm just like, and I see them, you know? And with everything going on, I'm just overwhelmed by this gratitude because I was so busy running to and from things. I, I, I looked at them every day, but I hadn't seen them in a while. You got to see them. It's powerful when you be still and see, the Lord says. Here's the next thing God wants you to do, Psalms 46.10. Be still and know that I am God. If you're taking notes, write down, be still and know. Be still and know. Now, the word know is, is powerful. In the Hebrew, it actually has many different uh, interpretations. I'm going to give you three of them because I think that God meant three things really quickly when he said no. The first definition of know that I want to talk about is experience. He said, be still and know me. He said, be still and experience me. You know, some things you don't know unless you experience it. Yeah. Yeah. You don't know unless you, unless you actually went through it, mm-hmm. experienced it. And I think God is putting us in a position where we can experience his power so that we can know his power. Hector, will you help me out real quick? I want to do a quick illustration. Hector, come here and sit on this, on this chair. i got to stay six feet away from you. So I'm going to be over here. Our camera team is working overtime, but you guys are great. By the way, I haven't done this in a, at all, but can we just give it up right now for all of our video people, all of our digital people working back? We're so grateful. We are so grateful for you and all your hard work. You have no idea how much effort this takes to put all this on, and they're just amazing. They're here for hours. Um, and so, okay, Hector, I want you to imagine that your hands are tied. Tie your hands right now. I would tie them for you, but I can't touch you. All right. I want you to imagine your feet are tied. Tie them up. Tie them up. Okay. Now, now, Hector, your hands are tied and your feet are tied. Now, Hector, I want you to move that little gold ball right there. I don't know if we can get that. Go gold ball. I want you to move that gold ball right there. All right. Go ahead and move it. But your hands are tied and your feet are tied. Yes. But don't fall and kill yourself because we will edit that out. Um, okay. You, you can't do it. Can't do it. It's impossible, right? It's not impossible, Hector. There's one thing Hector can do to move that ball. He hadn't thought of it yet because he hadn't been put in a position yet where he had to think of it. But now that his hands are tied and now that his feet are tied, there's one thing he can still do to move that ball. You know what you can do, Hector? You can ask me. Ask me to move the ball, Hector. Could you move the ball? Absolutely, I can move the ball. I will move the ball for you, Hector. I'm going to move the ball for you right here. I'm going to move the ball for you. What if God put us in a position where the only way we can overcome our current trial was through our prayer and our worship? We can't go nowhere. Hands are tied. Can't move nothing. Our feet are tied. And God is saying, if you want to get anything done in this time, it's going to be done not with your hands, not with your feet, but with your mouth. You're going to move mountains in prayer. You're going to move mountains in worship. And listen, and and this is what you have to remember, because there will come a time two months from now, maybe a month from now, however long we're in this, where you will get through this. I want to declare that over your life right now. You will get through this. And when you get through this, you're going to look back and you're going to have no idea how you got through it. 
You're going to do the math on the calculator. You're going to be like, how come I spent this much and my bank account was like negative, but at the same time, the rent got paid. I'm confused. And remember, your hands were tied. He put you in this position so that you could experience what you could not experience when you had your strength, that God did it for you. So remember it, Hector. Remember it, watch, whoever's watching. When you get through this whole thing, remember who did the miracle. Remember who moved it. Your hands were tied. Your feet were tied. It wasn't you. Don't you for one second give yourself thanksgiving for getting through it he did it for you he did it for you thank you Hector you could go appreciate you he did it for you I'm just saying just remember where you are today when you get there two months from now how did I get through it my hands were tied exactly he needed to show you he needed to get you stuck and get you still so that he could show you you could know his power you know what the other no means it means intimacy when a husband and a wife will get married the Bible said they would go on their honeymoon and they would know each other. They would, they would become intimate. They would see each other in a very special, special loving way. I know I gave memes a hard time last week, but I got two memes I got to show you really quickly. Because you know now that everybody's in quarantine, we got a lot of moms and dads <laughs> spending a lot of time together <laughs> looking for ways to stay entertained. <laughs> And so, so here's two memes. Here's the first one. Prediction. There will be a minor baby boom in nine months. And then one day in 2033, we, will, we shall witness the rise of the quarantines. <laughs> Come on. That's good. That's good. That's funny. I don't care what you say. All right, here's the next one. Here's the next one. Son. Hey, Dad. Why is my sister named Rose? Dad, because your mom loves roses. Son, thanks, Dad. Dad, no problem, COVID. Come on, that's funny. You know, that's funny. You know what the saddest part about that illustration is? Somebody's really about to be named COVID at the end of it. You know it. Somebody is about to be named COVID, and one day he'll turn 19. Anyway, um, listen, the, the, the truth of the matter is when you ain't got nothing to do, it gives you an opportunity to know the people you love in your life even more. I'm not saying my wife caused COVID. She didn't. I'm not saying that my wife single-handedly shut down the NFL. She didn't. I'm not saying my wife called Adam Silver and asked him to cancel the NBA season or postpone it. She didn't. But I will tell you something about my wife. She is not complaining that basketball isn't on TV right now. Because she loves me, and she wants to spend time with me, so she's kind of happy that some of those distractions are out of the way so that I can love her better and love her more. I'm not saying God did any of those things, but I'm saying what if this struggle is actually a season for us to get to know him more intimately than we ever known him before? You used to say you didn't have time to pray. What's your excuse now? You used to say, I don't got time to read the Bible. What's your excuse now? You used to show up late to church, second song. How are you still logging on right now at the second? I don't understand. You got no impediments. How are you still late to church when it's online? Help me out. (laughs) And here's what I'm telling you. Here's from the bottom of my heart. This season will pass. And when it passes, your window to get intimate with Jesus is going to pass too. 
Because it's right now that you got the most time in the world. It's right now that you wake up in the morning with nothing to do. So run to the throne. Come on, sing a worship song before lunch. Just give him some praise. That's what he wants. This is a window. We can't let it pass us by. The last, the last definition of no, we said experience, intimacy. God wants us to be still and no. Here's the last no. No means authority. I don't know if you read the verse this way, but I read it, and I hope you catch it. Look, I'm going to read it again. Psalms 46, verse 10. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. In other words, I am God, and you are not. Be still and know that I am God and that you are not. You know, the constant temptation in a crisis is to get up and go. When an emergency comes, the constant temptation is to get up and go. But when you do that, you quickly realize you are powerless. And there's nothing you can do when the crisis hits. I'm learning that even as a pastor. I can't run this. I can't stop death. I can't stop destruction. I can't stop car wrecks. I can't stop COVID. I can't stop disaster. I can't stop it because I'm not God, but he is. And that's a tough lesson to learn, that you're not God. My son, uh, they're home right now. They're spending a lot of time at home, so we got to set restrictions over things. And Zane, he, he is all up in the video games, and we got to set limits for him because he's, he's just all up in there, and we want to like, use your imagination and go outside. And, uh, and so we set a one-hour limit on his video games right now. Um, he was crying today because he went over. He didn't, you know, he couldn't play longer. And uh, uh, on Wednesday or Tuesday, he got a phone call from his uh, Journey Kids leader. By the way, our Journey Kids, they're amazing. Our Journey Kids teachers and coaches, they give it up for them. They can't meet with kids right now, so they're actually calling parents and students every week just to see how they're doing and pray with them. So my kid got a phone call, and, uh, and he's got a son who's about the same age. And so he, my son asked him, how's your son doing? Good. And then he asked him, is he playing video games? And he said, yeah. And then he looked at me with the, with the eye and he, on the phone and he said, is he playing longer than an hour? <laughs> and they gave me an eye. Like, and, then, and then Lewis is the teacher's name. And if Lewis is hearing this, Lewis was wise. He was like, well, we'll talk about that later. You know? <laughs> like he didn't want to answer. He knew he was on speakerphone. And so I was like, you're fired. Um, and so... You know, and then, and then he looked at me, and then he started to get into an argument with me, my son. He's like, you see, other kids get to play longer than an hour. And I'm just like, here's what you got to understand. I'm not trying to kill you. I'm actually trying to protect you. I don't want, this is going to hurt you. You might not like it. You might not agree with it, but you got to trust me enough to know I'm in charge. You're not. What I say goes. But here's what helps you swallow that pill, that I will never do something that's not for your good. Because I'm, your, I'm a good, good father. I know how to do that. I can take care of you. Yeah. You got to learn to trust me. I got, your, I got your back. And let me just tell you something. My, my son doesn't always agree with me. And you might not always agree with God. Yeah. Can I be honest, like to my heart honest right now? I know he's God and I know he's in control and I trust him. But I have a hard time agreeing yeah. with everything. I have a friend who's Grandma passed away in Spain through COVID, and they were married 60 years. I'm sorry. God, I know you're in control. I'm not saying you're not in charge. I submit to your plan, but I have a hard time agreeing. But he's God. You know, this might be like blasphemous, but, but, but don't tune out. Like, let me finish the sentence. I think Jesus, even Jesus, the son 
of the father at one point questioned a little bit. I don't know if I, I don't know that he agreed completely. When he was in the garden of Gethsemane, he, he looked at God, he said, is there another way? Because I don't agree. This is real painful. But then he said this, yet, yet, not my will, but your will be done. I might not agree because I don't fully understand. But even when I don't understand, I'm trusting you, that you got my best interest in heart, that you got a plan for my life. And so I'm going to go with it, Lord God. I trust you even if I don't agree because I know that you are God and I am not. Be still and know. Do you trust him? If not, well, that's the third reason why God would have you stuck, so he could teach you to be still. This is my last point. You can write it down. Be still and trust. Be still and trust. Mark chapter 4, verse 37 through 39. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat, so that it was already filling. But he, Jesus, was in the stern, that's the back of the boat, asleep on a pillow. Okay, <laughs> there's a storm going on and he's sleeping. And they, the disciples, awoke him and said to him, teacher, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Is there anybody else who wish they could? I mean, I know he's sitting on the throne, but is there anybody else who wishes they could? Hey, man, you here, bro? I mean, not bro. You here, Lord? Lord, you, Lord, are you awake? Can you see what's happening right now? A million people infected, thousands of people dying, families losing their job, furloughing, income, being separated, living on the street. Hello, are you awake? Because there's a lot going on down here. Then he arose, verse 39. And he rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. I got a word for you. I want you to write this down. When God is still, it's not because he got stuck, it's because he got a strategy. I want to tell you at home, don't confuse God's stillness for stuckness. Jesus might be still. It might feel like he's still, but he ain't stuck. He got a plan. He got a plan. And yes, he cares. And yes, he's able. If it feels like he's not running into your situation right now, he's not running because he's not caring. He's not running because he's not there. He's not running because he's not loving. He's not running because he's not afraid. Yeah. He's not afraid. Yeah. He, he, he's got this all hemmed up. He's got a plan. He's got a strategy. He might be still, but he ain't stuck. And this is the strategy. The Bible says he rebuked. I, I never saw this before, guys. Caesar, you, you're more in the Bible than I am. Um, and so maybe you, you feel differently. You saw this, but I never saw this before. I always thought he rebuked the waves, like the storm. But it actually says, read it again, it says, he rebuked the wind and said to the water, be still. Why didn't he rebuke the water? 
because it wasn't the water's fault that it was crashing into the boat. Jesus knew waves are caused because of wind. He was teaching the disciples, you might feel the wave, but the wave, although it's what you feel, is not the problem. It's what's behind the wave that's causing the wave, that's causing you to feel locked up, that's causing you to feel like you're drowning, that's causing you to feel like you're going to sink, but it's what's behind the wave. So I'm going to rebuke the wind. So let me ask you, I know you feel like you're under a wave of depression, a wave of anxiety, a wave of stress, a wave of, of fear, a wave of pain, but what's behind your wave? What is it really? What's behind your wave that Jesus is really trying to get at? really trying to rebuke. I got a theory. I think the thing behind the wave, the wave might be a job loss. The wave might be a pandemic, a disease. The wave might be a broken relationship. The wave might be a sickness. The wave might be a relationship that's falling apart. But here's what I think, what's behind the wave that's causing the boat to rock. Not the water, not the trouble, the trust. I think the wind is trust or lack thereof. Because the boat was rocking, but like Jesus was still in it. And not only was he still in it, but he was still. He was still. They always tell you the only time to freak out when the plane hits turbulence is when the stewardess freaks out. But if she's still, I'm still. If he's still, I'm still. You know what the disciples' key was? The cue was they missed it. Jesus was still. He was still. You could trust him. He's still. And I came to tell somebody today that God is still. And if he's still, you can be still. Let the storm call out your lack of trust and begin to put your trust in him. God is still. Say with me, God is still. Tie it in. God is still. And let me tell you, it's not just that God is still, but if God is still, that means that God is still God. That means that God is still good. That means that God is still holy. That means that God is still worthy. That means that God is still on the throne. That means that God is still in charge. That means that God is still powerful. God is still mighty. God is still merciful. God is still got this all lined up and the devil is still defeated and death is still temporary and heaven is still my home. So if God is still on the throne and the devil is still defeated, then I don't know about but I'm going to still praise and I'm going to still worship and I'm going to still jump and I'm going to still spin and I'm going to still lift my hands. I'm going to still give him praise because he's still in charge. He's still my God. He's still good. He's still alive. The stone has been rolled and nobody's rolled it back. He's still seated. So if he's still, I'm still. I'm still. I'm still here. I'm still preaching. I'm still having church. We're still gathering. We're still loving. He's still, I'm still. I'm still, I'm still, I'm still. I want to speak to anybody today. Maybe you don't have a relationship with Jesus. Maybe you've been far from God. Maybe there's an anxiety stirring up inside of you. And you just heard this message about this guy named Jesus for the first time. Well, you know, he's got this world in his hand, every bit of it. And we believe as Christians that when we make the decision to receive him into our hearts, here's how we call it. We call it putting our trust in him. He stills our soul at that moment because we know that we can't control this, but he can control it all. 
So if you've never made a decision for Christ, when I say three, I want you to shoot your right hand up to the sky right now as a signal, as a sign, Jesus, I need you in my life. I put my trust in you. I've been trusting in my finances. That didn't work. Trusted in government. They don't, they don't know either. I trusted in the physical distancing. People are still getting sticker. I'm trusting in, I don't have an answer. Put your trust in the one who can be trusted. The one who doesn't deny that everything's going on, but he's still through it. He's still through it. It's time to rebuke that wind, rebuke that mistrust. Put your trust in him. If that's you, if you want Jesus to live inside of your heart, when I say three, shoot your right hand up to the sky. The signal is a sign. Jesus, I want to put my trust in you. On three, one, don't worry about who's watching. Two, don't worry about who you came to your house and your wife is watching, your kids are watching. This is the best thing you can do with them watching. I'll tell you who's watching right now. God's watching. He's ready to jump in your boat. On three, if you want Jesus in your heart, raise your right hand. One, two, three. Come on, all over the world right now. If you need Jesus, hi, hi, hi. Lift your hand. We'll wait for you. Lift your hand. This is your moment. This is your time. This is your moment right now. Repeat this prayer after me. Real short, real quick. Jesus, Jesus. I put my trust in you. Take my heart. Take my life. It's yours. Amen. Come on, can we put our hands together for all those who made this? We hope you've enjoyed this message, and we would love to hear your story and how this ministry is changing your life. Please email us at amen at journeyorl.com. And if you would like to support financially, you can give online at journeyorl.com give. If you're in the area, join us on Sunday for the full experience. Have a blessed week.